How's everybody doing? This is Big Chuck. I'm at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio, and you're listening to the Blue Jay Boys Show. I'm here with Senor Josh Diaz and Sackman Alex Sackley sitting across from me. We've got a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears, the very disappointing Chicago Bears once again. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about college football and the college football playoffs that are coming up. Then we're going to talk about the rest of the NFL slate that happened this past weekend and finish it off with a little update in uh, the baseball world and free agency out there. Going back to what we started with, Chicago Bears, a sad loss to the Green Bay Packers. Not really a fun game like we've been seeing lately. Even with the losses, it was just kind of like sucked. <clears throat> yeah, that was bad. I mean, yeah, there were some bright spots. You know, being up 16-3 was kind of fun. You know, being up 19-10 was, wasn't too bad. And then, you know, the fourth quarter hit, and then it was kind of like Michael Myers came back from the fiery house and, you know, was back from with Aaron Rodgers. And then, you know, Christian Watson kind of just ran all over us, and then that was that. Ecumenia St. Brown couldn't get out of his brakes to save his life, resulting in two interceptions that just weren't pretty. Uh, I mean, Nikhil Harry looked nice, and then the defense, other than Sanborn, they look, actually looked better through three quarters, but then it just fell apart in the fourth, as we have absolutely zero pass rush. They should hire Jim Phelps as their D-line coach. We could, they could really use him. And, yeah, we followed 3-10 and going into the bye week. Was was this game winnable, or did, did you really not have faith in this at all? I mean, knowing that it's the Packers and we're the Bears, I didn't, but, like, you know, we were up 13 points when we were up nine going in the fourth quarter. And, you know, we had special teams mishaps of, you know, missing an extra point and getting a field goal blocked. And the very, 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 very conservative play calling on, you know, running inside zone when it's third and five, third and seven, when our quarterback is just dicing it up, completing 80% of his passes for 12 yards a pop. I mean, it's something with Getsy, and it's one of the reasons why we haven't been able to pull out games. As soon as the fourth quarter hits and we're doing good on offense, he gets more conservative than Donald Trump in terms of his play call. <laughs> I mean, he wants to take the ball out of Justin Fields. He'll take the ball out of his hands. He's, our, he's the only thing we have right now. We don't have Herbert. We don't have Mooney. Claypool is just good at posting thirst taps on TikTok. <laughs> That's all we have. We can only run the ball five times. I mean, and he threw it with very good efficiency. Other than those two picks, he was playing great. He was making – they finally gave him a good pocket for the first time all year, and he was completing long passes in the pocket, going through all his progressions and reads. And we take the ball out of his hands and give it to Darrington Evans on third and seven to run into behind Mustafa of all people. Not the best play calling. Um, so at the beginning of the year, a lot of Bears fans were complaining about Getsy's play calling and how it was just awful. And it was kind of looking like how it looks now. And then there's that midpoint of the season where it looked like he had gotten a little better and they were calling a lot of those play action passes and getting Justin out of the pocket and stuff like that. But now it's kind of looking back to what it was. Do you think this is a result of just him not being a good offensive coordinator or is the coaching staff in the front office telling him to do it, to lose games? I mean, I don't mind him not running the field as much right now because he has, you know, the torn ligaments in his shoulder. I don't mind that. But, like, the one time we're getting good pass protection, all game, no sacks allowed, and we just run the ball. Like, it's just simple stuff. Just It's third and six. We should probably pass the ball. Like, 
we can't. They want to play this complimentary brand of football. We can't do that. We don't have a defense or special teams. We don't have those two. The one bright spot has been our offense and the quarterback. Usually, complimentary football doesn't involve having a great quarterback, but we have that. So we can't play that brand of football right now, and it shows. We've lost six games in a row. Um, we were talking about it a little bit before the show, show this night. Um, the defensive line, like you said, has just been still bad. Um, as we near closer to the draft and where we know where the Bears are supposed to be and then free agency, also where we think guys are starting to make decisions on whether they're going to be staying with their teams or leaving their teams, who are a couple targets you want the Bears to get on that defensive line? Um, if I was the Bears, I'd probably – Try and go back for Akeem Hicks. I know it's not an our, our, our ideal thing to do, um, but he was a major help when he was with us. I mean, yeah, he's getting older, um, and, I mean, he is a heavier guy than most, but I'd probably go back for him. If not, this is, like, like really, like, out there, but probably go for someone like uh, Jones from Kansas City to have someone, like, that impactful. Um, I mean, we have the money for him, um, and... I mean, but also, like, I think the first step we need to do is get rid of, like, certain players like Alcudin Muhammad. Like, he has to go. Like, all throughout that game on Sunday, it was atrocious. Atrocious what he did that whole game. Um, even, even if he had, what, a couple assists, solos? Three, three tackles. Yeah, like, that's – it's not enough. And I know our whole D-line in general is not doing enough, but, like, he's just not – like, when he doesn't play, we kind of do better. Like, we produce a little bit more without him on that line. Like, he's not viable for us anymore. Yeah, if I were the Bears, the only guys worth keeping around on that D-line are Robinson, Gibson, Jones, and Armand Watts. And the only starter of those four being Justin Jones. What I would do with them, the number two overall pick, I'm selecting Will Anderson. In free agency, I'm sending Deron Payne. And then maybe like a Marcus Davenport or some other type of edge rusher to go opposite of Will Anderson. That's what I would do to address the D-line. Uh, other than that, I mean, we have found good news in terms of our front seven. We have found a middle linebacker in Jack Sanborn. Another great game, just him just reading everything very quickly and just sprinting to the ball. I mean, he, got, he didn't run very fast at the combine, but he's running faster than what that 40 says right now. I mean, he looks good. People around the league are starting to notice it. I mean, since... He traded Roquan Smith. He's had 30 more tackles than Roquan, and he's a better fit for this scheme than Roquan ever was. So we can hang our head on that. And, of course, you know, Brisker and Gordon and Jackson, all, all those guys get healthy. That will be that will be good. I All we really need is just the D-line, pass rush, and then a nickel corner. And this defense should be pretty good. How good do you think Will Anderson is, and do you think he's could come in and just be a number one pass rusher right, right away, or do you think the Bears should aim higher and go for somebody higher than Marcus Davenport to go alongside him if we do take him at the second overall pick? I mean, I think he can be like a Von Miller, come in right away, be your number one sack, but then, of course, you pair him with Deron Payne, a very disruptive three technique, interior D-tackle. On the other side, you know, if we can get someone better than Davenport, let's do it, but Davenport's, you know, he's... You know, six to eight sack a year guy, that's pretty good. Gibson has shown that he can get up to the passer in his career. Not so much this year. Don't know what's up with that, but maybe it's taken a while to readjust to the scheme. Then who knows? Robinson could be, you know, he's got some talent. We saw in that first game, you know, they haven't played as much, but 
I see him chasing down that ball carry. Once he gets more than be more than you know two hundred and twenty pounds, I think he'll be pretty good. And a lot of people around the league have been saying that he's just very. It's his third year doing this. He's barely two hundred and forty pounds. He'll he'll get better. Yeah, that doesn't even get by in like D three football. If you're that yeah. light, you you're a liability at the defensive end position. So yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the Packers a little bit, and what I wanted to talk about with them is Christian Watson. And he started off the season a little bit slow. Um, he has two touchdowns in this game. How good is Christian Watson, actually? He was, I mean, he's, like, really good. I mean, you know, how you just said, he he had a rough start of the year. But, I mean, like, once he found his rhythm and got comfortable, and, like, I'm not saying he's no Devontae Adams. He's nowhere near Devontae Adams. Yeah. But he's, like, you know, we can see glimpses of that. Because he can create that separation that Devontae could, right? But, um, like, this is what Rodgers has been looking for, right, ever since Devontae left. And now that he's found it, I mean, what, five and six? Six and whatever for their record? Like, he's starting to get into a rhythm, but I don't think it's going to last very long. But um, he Watson's a really good football player. Like, <clears throat> he... The way he can create separation and just really mess with corners, especially corners and safeties with the Bears who don't have their starters in, that's child's play for him. And, I mean, we our, our secondary being, you know, it's third string, second strings, whatever, we did stop him a bunch. We played pretty well. Like, we did, yeah, we did pretty well. But Joshua Blackwell, Houston Carson, they all did pretty well. Yeah, but, I mean, you put him against, like, a stack team, like a Kansas City Chiefs or something like that, I don't see him producing as much. I mean, who knows? Who's to tell? You know, it's it's going to, you know, it's going to show up either way. But, I mean, he's something special. Like, Green Bay has something really special with him. I mean, yeah, I kind of see him as, like, a faster Mike Evans. I mean, I was definitely looking at him. Pre-draft him and Pickens. I mean, he's six five and he runs a four three. And that's pretty nuts. You don't see that very often. The only thing that really scared me was that yes, he was from a smaller school, North Dakota State. They hadn't really produced any wide receivers. We they did produce two quarterbacks, but and then of course his route running and his ability to just you know, do he didn't run many routes at North Dakota State. They just gave him the ball and let him run. A lot of end rounds, a lot of handoffs, and just goes. I mean, he's had, he has eight touchdowns in the last, like, what, four games? He's a beast. He's going to be, once he really gets going, it'll depend on, you know, whether Roger stays and we got Jordan Loves, how he plays, but he can be pretty good. I think he can be, like, a juiced-up Mike Evans. That's what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of this do you think is because of having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and then do you think he can keep this up if he has to have Jordan Love as quarterback next year? I don't think too much of it is Aaron Rodgers. Because you look at his touchdowns. I mean, the play against Philadelphia, he just caught a simple, like, little kind of crossing around. He just took it 50 yards. That rushing touchdown against the Bears, he just, no one could catch him. Some of it does help, but you look at it, it's just all jump balls and just him catching and running. So I think he should be okay if Rodgers retires, but he's just he's just an, a freak. Um, And then now that he's starting to have this – explosion this offensive explosion and the Packers kind of seem like they're slowly starting to figure things out if they were to make the playoffs how dangerous is this team in the playoffs they ain't making the playoffs you know not even a single chance no I don't think so it's their defense 
It, well, it's both. It's both sides of the ball, really. But I feel like their defense. I mean, Justin Fields is that guy. And with that rushing touchdown he had, you're telling me almost five guys surrounding Justin couldn't dive for an ankle or sell out, and you're getting paid millions of dollars? Bryce Gable does that. <laughs> he sells out. Um, you're you're not going to sit there and tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to run the playoffs, this and that. No, you're not. You're not. And you're you're barely getting it done on offense. You know, we, we had the lead up until the end of the game. Against a three and seven team. Are you kidding me? If you if you're having trouble catching up just until the end of the game, that's a problem. That's not gonna cut it in playoffs. Even in wild card, that's not. And your defense, I mean, they're giving up a ton of rushing yards. The Bears had more rushing yards than the Packers through three quarters. They had what, one rushing yard on the floor? Yeah. For a time. And then Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon decided to pop off, you know? Yeah. But like that's not it's not going to get it done. It's it's simply not. When you look at the schedule, they got the Ram- They have a bye week this week. They got the Rams. They'll beat the Rams, but then they got at Miami. Not winning that game. Vikings most likely not going to win. And they lost to the, the Lions, and they played Lions week 18. The Lions like to tee off against the Packers. Who knows? Lions could be fighting for a playoff spot the way they're playing. I mean, yeah. ever since you know the 1-6 start, they've kind of just been dominating. In different ways as well. So, at most, this team's going to get seven wins. Mm-hmm. So, do you think you'd be more scared of the Lions in the playoffs than the oh, Dolphins yeah. or the yes. Packers? Lions are a very, very talented team. They just shoot themselves in the foot and mismanage the clock by their coaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's they. This team, they're five and seven right now. But in reality, they should be at least seven and five, eight and four. I mean, they just do Lions stuff. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk a little college football. Stay tuned. All right, folks, welcome back to the Blue Jay Boys Show. I am Big Chuck, and this is WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio. If you're just tuning in, you missed us talk a little college football and the Chicago Bears. Now we're going to be talking about the rest of the NFL weekend, starting off with our game of the week, which was the Cincinnati Bengals against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bengals pulling out a close one in this one, showing that they really are contenders still. And I think people, a lot of people forgot about that, but they're telling the world now. Josh, what do you got on this game? Joe Burr. He, he is the Iceman, man. Um, he played really good football. I mean, the pocket collapsed on him more than more times than I can think. Um but, I mean, he escaped the pocket, made some really good plays, even if it was, like, a quick dump off to his running back or tight end. But, I mean, Jamar Chase, man, that guy is unbelievable. He is an unbelievable athlete. He had a, an amazing one-handed catch that he did step out of bounds with. But, if, man, if he would have caught that, that probably would have been up, like, up to par with Pickens' catch uh, that one night he had on Thursday Night Football. But um, the Bengals are the real deal. I mean, like you just said, you know, they're contenders still. And, I mean, I think we talked – yeah, we said it before uh, on the break that this is the 11th consecutive loss that the Chiefs have been in against the Bengals at home. Like, this is a wake-up call for the Chiefs. Like, they can never get it done against this team. And it's it's good to see because, I mean, you know – there are world beaters out there, and the Bengals just happen to be one of them. Against a Kansas City team like that, um, 
But I mean, you know, I feel like the Bengals still have a shot to make. Um, are they in the wild card or in? The, they're not in the hunt. I, I they're know gonna they're, win their division. Yeah, yeah. Mars hurt. Okay, so yeah, I mean, the Bengals are. I think they'll go far, not as far as last year, unfortunately. But I think you know their backup running back. Uh, well, I mean, if he keeps running the way he's running, oh good lord! I mean, when Mason gets healthy, they'll probably. They'll, I think I see a fluctuation between the both because they see what he can do. And what Mixon can do. And I think if they incorporate that with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, they're going to have a really nice playoff. Yeah, I mean, everyone fears Patrick Mahomes. No one's been able to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs other than Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is now 3-0 in the last year against Pat Mahomes. The Bengals are the one team that can strike fear in the hearts of the Chiefs. They've done it multiple times now. They did it in Cincinnati. They did it in Arrowhead. They did it in the playoffs, the regular season, wherever. You look at this Bengals team, I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone always forgets is their defense. Their defense is only allowed like two or three touchdowns in the second half this year. They got very good pass rushers with, you know, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. Now they got Joseph Asai, who made that big sack in the fourth quarter. Their corners aren't the best, but they get by. Their linebackers are good. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are very good. They made big plays in the playoffs. I mean, the offensive line has played pretty well. You know, they're doing pretty well now. Only allowing like one or two sacks a game. Burrow, they pass the ball out, and Burrow holds on to the ball. Just as long as their head coach, Zach Taylor, doesn't get in the way, this team should make it, potentially go back to the Super Bowl again. I don't trust Josh Allen in the playoffs. At this point. I don't. He's played great in the playoffs. But the way he's played this year, he just gets that look in his eye where, you know, he's God's tastiest baby in front of God's hungriest pitbull, and it just doesn't work out. They don't have a run game. They don't have a running back. They, their defense will blow a gasket here and there. That's just what it is. I, the Bengals, they're the type of defense that steps up. They don't have any marquee guys. or in Hendrickson, really. He's very underrated. They're, they're quiet. They do their work. They're going to show up, and they're going to play good football. You get mixed and healthy. Jamar Chase looked good in his return. This team's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at their division. A little interesting right now, the Steelers are kind of having a little bit of a resurgence. The Browns got, you know, Deshaun Watson back. He looked a little stiff out there, but it's okay. And then, you know, the Ravens are still in first place, but they've played very bad football offensively the last month. They barely beat the, the Panthers. They barely beat the – they lost to the Jaguars. They barely beat the Broncos. And now Lamar Jackson might miss a couple games. They're going to win their division. They'll probably be about, what, the third seed, third or fourth seed. And I think they can do it again. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs, a lot of the issues you were saying plagued the Bills right now besides the quarterback. They – kind of are problems that the Chiefs have right now as well. Their defense only got one sack, uh, not really that much pressure against the Bengals' offensive line, which, yes, they are playing better, but they're still not a good offensive line in this league. I think they're still bottom half of the league. Um, and then the run game is just not really there. I mean, um, Pacheco has been stepping up at he's been points. He's pretty good. He looks good. But he's just not yeah. that. He's not what they need. They're never going to be a good running football team. Mm-hmm. Um. And the other issue I see with this Chiefs game team is, yes, they only have three losses, but two of those losses are 
against the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, two teams that they're probably going to have to play in the playoffs if they want to make it to the Super Bowl. Do you think this team is good enough to get past that hump of playing these good teams, or are they still going to fall short in the playoffs? I think they can. It'll just come down whether or not their receivers make plays. They don't mess it up on special teams. They muff like six punts this year. They missed a few kicks. But if they can, you know, obviously Pat Mahomes and Kelsey do their thing. The receivers step up. They get a little bit of a run game. And their defense plays good, well enough. I think they can. They've shown that they can do it. I mean, the only thing I really worry about is if they do fall behind, they don't have the Tyreek Hill to just, you know, 80 yards in five seconds. But I think they can. I mean, they've showed that they can. They'll at least make it to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, talking about the Bengals a little bit, you said you felt like they were the best team in the AFC right now. Do you think the Dolphins can compete with that at all? Dolphins definitely can, but, I mean, Teron Armstead, he needs to be healthy for them to win it. Tua banged his ankle up a little bit. He should play this week, but we'll see. And, you know, that division. I mean, they have lost to the Jets. They play the Jets upcoming. Uh, the Bills, that's not going to be an easy game. Patriots, that's not going to be an easy game. They play the Packers. They should beat the Packers. But still Aaron Rodgers and the EIO against Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. I think they can be that team. I think they can win that division. But we got to see. You know, this team has made the playoffs in 2016. They're not, you know, like the Chiefs or the Bengals that have a proven pedigree. So we just got to wait and see what we get from them. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to our next game. I wanted to talk about the Ravens and Broncos, but mostly for what we were talking a little bit about before the Lamar Jackson injury. Lamar Jackson goes down with a knee injury in this game. Um, they're not really sure how serious it is right now. They're trying to figure out how much time he's going to miss. Um, how much do you think this affects Lamar Jackson going into free agency this offseason? And do you think this takes away a lot of opportunities he has? Um, sorry, I didn't mean to mm-hmm. bump in. Uh, I think this affects him just a little bit. Nothing like drastic, um, especially with ownership. Um, because you know he was, he was all talk with I want a bigger contract than what Deshaun Watson has, and then you know they give him something, he turns it down, he, he just he plays the season, and then ends up to you know last Sunday gets hurt. Like you said, they don't know what happened or how long he's going to, like, be out for. Um, but I feel like this pulls him back a little bit in the talks of a big contract because now ownership, I, if I'm the owner, I'm worried that he's major injury prone, not just, like, a slight injury prone, but major because Lamar likes to use his legs. Lamar's known to use his legs to get out of situations. And, I mean, depending on the severity of the injury and, you know, what the timeline is and whatever, I feel like that has – I'm not saying it's going to knock millions of dollars off, but it's it's going to be in the talk of, like, maybe the max isn't what we want right now because you're kind of a liability. And, I mean, the NFL is a business. The NBA is a business. All of it's a business, you know. Like, that's all they care about is money and what you bring in. And, I mean, he brings in money. Don't get me wrong, but him being, like, injury-prone and playing games here and there and not being consistent and stuff, that's also another big risk because these teams want to win the Lombardi Trophy. They want to win a Super Bowl. I mean, it's just as simple as that. I mean, if he does end up missing, you know, four or five games, it's going to be the second year in a row in which he's done that. So that will hurt him, but 
to me, like, the Ravens, the bigger issue is, yeah, they got to pay Lamar, but they don't have anything on offense other than Mark Andrews. Like, who's their running back? They got Kenyon drinking Gus, Edward. Gus Edwards. Like, who's their receivers? They, Deshaun Jackson's, like, their most productive wide receiver right now. I mean, he's old. He's older than... <laughs> like, he's 36. <laughs> he was from the good old days. <laughs> when, we had no, when we had no worries. We were just kids. He's from that era. He's from the Cutler, you know, Manning era. You know, what we grew up on, middle school. That's what he's from. I mean, who do they have? We had Duvernay, who's been hurt. Bateman Bateman's hurt. hurt. What does he show? I mean, yeah, they got two good tight ends with with uh, Andrews and Likely, but you're going to need a lot more of that in today's NFL. The old line is good enough. The defense is good enough. It's, they, they're not. He is the system. He is that offense. He is their offense. They need to pay him. If they don't pay him, they're going to be a bottom five team in football. Mm-hmm. You take Lamar off that team, they don't go anywhere. They might, you know, go 9-8, and 10-7, because, you know, they'll just run the ball and play defense, but they don't go anywhere. He is that system. Mm-hmm. Um, with this injury to Lamar Jackson, uh, Justin Fields kind of fighting injuries this year. And then injuries in the past with guys like Cam Newton, whose career fell off, and then Robert Griffin, whose career has fallen off. We, we've seen a rise in these types of dual-threat quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are just run-heavy. Um, do you think this will be kind of a wake-up call to other guys to maybe stay in the pocket a little more if these guys keep getting hurt like this? And do you think this fad of this running quarterback kind of falls away soon? I don't think so. And plus, you know, Cam Newton's his major injury in his career is that shoulder surgery. That was kind of a fluke play where he just got hit. That could happen to any quarterback. Uh, I mean, he can still run the ball to this day without any issues, really. I mean, yeah, RG3, that was just – that was tragic. That I mean, was that, tragic, was, that yeah. was kind of just the Redskins just mismanaging him. You know, They had Shanahan who didn't want him. He said from the very beginning of the draft pass, I don't want RG3. He's never had a running quarterback or even an African-American quarterback. They That was always going to fail. They just ran him until he couldn't anymore. You look at his – he was carrying it 20 times a game. That was not sustainable. They played him a week after he got his knee almost chopped off by Haloti Nada, for Christ's sake. I mean, it depends. We got to see. I mean, Fields, you know, a lot of that has to do with him just having a terrible offensive line. Obviously, yeah, quarterbacks can't run 15 times a game. But Jalen Hurts, I mean, you got him. He looks good. Fields has looked very good this year. Uh, you know, Mahomes is kind of a runner. I think it'll, it'll, it'll be here to stay, but... You know, they'll definitely be more cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last question I had about the Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson's injury, Rashad Bateman's injury, the past couple of years this has been the story for the Baltimore Ravens is that they are getting injured a lot. Um, do you think this has to do with the training staff that the Ravens have or whatever regimen they're on, and do they need to change something up, or is this just bad luck every year for this franchise? I'd say so. It's a possibility. Maybe – a lot of them are non-contact injuries, so maybe they got to change their playing surface. The big thing is all the players want turf gone in the NFL. I don't, I believe they have grass, but I don't know. I mean, it's just a lot of bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, if this team were completely healthy, what is their ceiling? Division winner, win a game in the playoffs. You don't think they're Super Bowl contenders at all? No, just because they don't have the offensive firepower. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to pass the ball and from the pocket. I'm not saying Lamar can't. It's just, you know, 
Deshaun Jackson and Devin DuVernay aren't going to beat the Chiefs. That's not going to beat the Bengals. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to our next game. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Chargers, Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to talk about this game because this has just been the mid-conference besides the Chiefs uh, all-year uh, division. What what do these two teams and then the team like a Denver Broncos, what do they need to do to get over that hump of just being mid? Broncos got number one defense in the league. They just have the 32nd-ranked offense. <laughs> they lost the game 10-9. to 9. <laughs> I mean, they lost even 10 points and they lost. Simple. <laughs> Score more points. <laughs> Chargers, they just have a terrible coach. And they have a terrible offensive coordinator. You got Justin Herbert, who's one of the most talented quarterbacks ever. He's thrown five-yard slants all game. They don't have a a defense, even though they still got all these great players on defense, they still don't have a defense. Yeah, yeah, Bosa's hurt, but you got Mac, you got Derwin uh, James. James, you got Kenneth Mer- Murray, Tranquil, a lot of good players. They just have a terrible coaching. And then the Raiders, they're just the Raiders. Yeah, they do dumb things. They lose games in dumb ways. You know, this team's five and seven, one three in a row, so they got that going for them. They win this week against the Rams, get six and seven. You know, they have they haven't been very healthy with Hunter Renfro and Waller being out, but you know, they blew that giant lead against Arizona. They uh they got uh, absolutely demolished against the Saints. They lost to the Jaguars after holding like a seventeen point lead. They just they're just not a very smart team. That's just how they are. Every year they're in the top of the league in penalties. That's just what they do. That's how they operate as a team. Mm-hmm. When they don't do that stuff, they're pretty dang good. They got a running back, they got Devontae Adams, Derek Carr. Offensive line has been much better. Max Crosby, Austin Chandler Jones came alive. Zero sacks coming in this week. Three sacks this week. They have guys. They just got to all be playing well at the same time and not turn the ball over. Carr's, Carr's throwing way too many pick sixes. He's thrown a pick six two weeks in a row. He's thrown a lot of interceptions this year. I like Derek Carr. He's a good quarterback, but he needs to stop that. Derek Carr has always yeah, been on a bad team with a bad defense and you know iffy coaching. It's this time now. Yeah, Justin Nelson isn't the best coach, but he's better than what he's had. Um, You know, I feel like when I watch Derek Carr play football, it looks like he's just out there, like, playing Madden. Sometimes the way he throws the yeah. ball, it's just it's reckless at points. And I understand you have Devontae Adams out there running routes for you, and you have a good receiver core, even with guys injured. It's a good it's a good receiving core. But you just can't, you can't be doing that if you want to compete. And, yeah, you can have two touchdowns in a game, but when you throw a pick and it's a pick six and you do that every game and your ratio is two to one, yeah, it looks all right, but you're not doing anything good for this team. And I think that that warrants some kind of change at the quarterback position. Uh, Leads me to my next question. If you were to take Derek Carr or Russell Wilson right now, which would you rather have? Derek Carr. Yeah, I'd go with Derek Carr, right? just because I don't feel like dealing with Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like de- dealing with him doing jumping jacks on the plane. Yeah. yeah. Do I don't know what happened with him, but he needs to go back to Seattle. Pete Carroll had him on a leash, and that's what he needed. He's better when he's just, you know, the quiet, you know, I'm short and I got passed over in the draft and I have curly hair, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Not this, you know, I'm wearing these cool glasses and I have Sierra as my wife and... Yeah. I spin in circles on the 50-yard line for hours and hours until the game starts. I pretend that I'm calling the cadence, and 
He's weird. I don't know what happened. Who knows? Something changed him, man. I don't know if he got hit in the head. What was it? Something changed him. I <laughs> see. Ever probably hit him so hard. <laughs> She's like seven inches taller than him. So maybe <laughs> she wears the pants. As of right now, she does. Um. So, with Russell Wilson, what what do you think the problem is? What what do you think happened? Well, it doesn't help. They had a lot of injuries. You know, Patrick, Javante Williams, Judy's always hurt. I mean, terrible coaching. So, you know, he's not in a good spot. It's just, I don't even know. I mean, really, from what it looks like, Geno Smith is a top five quarterback in the league right now. So maybe he was Pete Carroll all along. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, I was watching some Russell Wilson's highlights from when he was on the Seahawks. Some of those throws he made and some of those plays he made where he just escapes out of the pocket – I've never seen other guys do that. He yeah. made amazing he was, plays. He was an MVP caliber quarterback plus like six years he was there. So there, there's, I mean, I get Pete Carroll was probably a huge part of his production, but he, he couldn't have been all the production. I, I just don't understand like what's happened. And I think a lot of it, like when I watch Russell Wilson play, yes, he has this persona of like, you know, he's confident off the field. He's confident in who he is and the things he does, even if they are weird, weird things. When he's playing, especially for this Broncos team right now, he does not look like he has that same confidence it looks like he's just out there like pretending like he knows what he's doing it's a method actor playing quarterback and there's been reports that that's maybe what he's doing there's his past teammates that are saying he's using seahawks calls out there and stuff and he's he's pretending to know what he's doing and i think when we see it it's when he was on the seahawks it looked like confidence and this what he's doing off the field it looked like confidence now it's looking like he's got too much pride to say that he doesn't know what he's doing back there. Yeah. I mean, this offense is a little hard to learn. It took Rodgers, you know, the first half of that season to learn it. That, that could be what it is. I don't know. But, I mean, people put Russell Wilson up there with Aaron Rodgers when they're talking about quarterbacks in the 2010s. Yeah, you know, still he's still that guy. He's just not doing it right now. Mm-hmm. doesn't help that he's got battle line, no running back, receivers are eh. That's just... And he's got Nathaniel Hackett, Southern Matt Nagy. Do you think uh, this is Hackett's oh, only he, season on the Broncos? He's gone. I'm surprised. I would have fired him after this game. Mm-hmm. Walton's got money to do it. They got Walmart. I would do it. He's the richest owner in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I would have fired him. Who Who do you think the Broncos should go after when they fire him? Well, they have a defense, so I would hire an offensive-minded guy to retain the whole defensive staff because they have a top-five defense, even without Chubb. I'm going after maybe like an Eric B. Enemy. I know his name's always thrown around. Uh, maybe the Lions' offensive coordinator. I mean, they got Jared Goff revived and looking good. No, no one else really comes to mind mm-hmm. as of right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a pl- pretty good list for them. Um, moving on to our next game, uh, it's not really more the game but more the team. I wanted to talk about the Los Angeles Rams signing Baker Mayfield earlier today. Do you think that makes an impact for this team in their future, or is he just a placeholder until next season? I mean, they needed a quarterback. I mean, who knows, maybe he sees the field this year. He's probably just Matt Stafford's backup next year. Mm-hmm. Cause 
they must not feel good about Bryce Perkins. I thought he played pretty well against the Chiefs when they let him throw the ball and run the ball. John Wolford, I don't he's like a you know a stocks guy playing quarter. He literally is a stock he worked at a trading company uh-huh. for a year after college. I don't know he's he's kinda interesting. I don't really know a whole lot about Wolford. He can kinda run too. Mm-hmm. He doesn't look very athletic, but he can I guess can run. I mean I don't know what to make out of it. But Baker Mayfield's been the worst quarterback in the league this year. His QBR is 12 points lower than the next person. He w- wasn't much better last year either. He's, it's been a pretty steep fall from 2020 where he had 30 touchdowns led him to a playoff win. I don't know what to make out of Baker Mayfield. Maybe he just needs, you know, Sean McVay, good reset. Because, you know, Baker Mayfield, he had four head coaches when he was in Cleveland, right? Mm-hmm. It's not good for a number one overall pick. And he goes to the Panthers, terrible team. No one's going to be good at that team. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they cut him, and then he goes to the Rams. I think this is what he needs, kind of just like a career reset, maybe sit behind, you know, learn. But it's an interesting move. I guess maybe they might want to start in the last few games. Who knows? Yeah. Um. I mean, I saw Sean McVay have Jared Goff almost be an MVP one year. Yeah. I mean, I think he can – work with Baker Mayfield like you said he had the 30 touchdown season just a few years ago and I think he has the competitive spirit in him and he has all the intangibles I think it's just some of the actual quarterback stuff that he struggles with sometimes short can't really run that much and I think that you know being those last couple years with the Browns and then this year with the Panthers his confidence is just shot I think if he gets his confidence back up, and I think an offense like Sean McVay and a mind like Sean McVay can help him get that confidence back up, um, he has a chance to finish off this season really good. And, he again, he has the ability to do that, but he just has to want to do it, and he has to have the confidence in himself to do that, which isn't an easy thing to do. It's hard to gain that confidence back. But, again, I think Sean McVay is the guy to do that for him. Um, if it's not the Rams that are going to pay him this – offseason and he let's say he plays well what teams do you think would give him a shot i got no clue i mean steelers said that the if the browns released him they would have picked him up in the offseason so but i don't know how that's gonna work out because they're gonna have like i believe trubisky and Pickett. they got your man mitch they don't need him <laughs> mitchy, mitchy, mitchy. i love mitch but i think they may may still give other people a shot <laughs> i mean i don't know someone would want him Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a former first overall pick. He got he has played well at times in the league. Last time he got in against the Bengals, he had 150 yards and two touchdowns in one half. So that's cool. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who wants him. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Saints. I heard that. That wouldn't be bad. But I did want to make a comment about it though, with the whole pickup. Um, I think it was a good pickup by the Rams because now they don't have to rely on Josh. What is his name? Wolf or something? Wolford. Yeah. Wolford. Because I mean. Wolford's shorter than Mayfield already, but I've this is just like a, a very big assumption and jump to like make. But I think this is the week we see um, Allen Robinson being used more. Because I mean, Baker Mayfield still has a good arm; he can sling the ball. And I mean, I'm not saying Allen Allen Robinson is you know Tyreek Hill who's gonna run 80 yards like it's nothing and then catch the ball. But I feel like. Baker Mayfield can put the ball where Allen can catch it, and I think there will be some good production between them. That's just what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only issue with that is is that he's on IR. Is he? 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, but I, if he was healthy, I would agree with that. Yeah. Because see, I, I didn't know he was on IR. <laughs> um, other than that, yeah, I do agree. If if, he, if Robinson was healthy, they should just be using him like how they use Cup. Yeah. Because they have similar skill sets. Um. So another speculation I heard about this signing is that the Rams really did it just so that the 49ers don't get him to be a backup. I heard that Christian McCaffrey went to the front office and said, if you you sign Baker Mayfield, I'm not playing for you. So I don't think so. Personally, I would just stick with Purdy right now. Purdy's better than Mayfield. I don't think we'll miss irrelevant, bro. Come on. (laughs) Those are the guys that show up. Um, Big rock, Brock. (laughs) Do you think that there are better options than Brock Purdy right now at the – Personally, I think if they play their backup quarterback, they'll go to Super Bowl Josh Johnson. That guy is... Is, is the, that the one that they signed from the practice he's squad? He's played on every team Ultimate ever. journey. Yeah, that, that's... I was, I was just about to say that. Like, they play him. They're making it far, baby. Like, <laughs> he's... Whatever that dude's gotten in, he's played very well. Like, he had a start for the Ravens last year. He had, like, 220 yards, two touchdowns. He played one, like, three quarters with the Jets. And he had, like, 300 yards and three touchdowns. I've already led the Redskins to a couple wins, in, like, a while ago. He's... He's pretty good. Like, that dude's interesting. Think about, like, how many different teams he's been with. He's, he pretty much knows every offense. He's been under some type of that type of offense everywhere over the course of three leagues and, like, 15 teams. I think they should go. If Purdy messes up, they should just go with him. Hmm. I mean, that would be fun. I think it, it would probably wouldn't be the safest decision. I, I get it. He's played well when he plays, but he's also still Josh Johnson, who's been on 82 yeah. teams and every practice squad in the league because he's not that guy. I think if he really was that good at this point, you'd, you'd know that. Um, and I think, you know, Brock Purdy, yeah, just go with him. You know, you might as well. I think Baker Mayfield would have been the only other option. And Cause yeah. Baker Mayfield's everything Shanahan doesn't like. He doesn't like quarterbacks that turn the ball over. He doesn't like quarterbacks that are undisciplined. Mm-hmm. That's what Baker Mayfield is. Mm-hmm. Do you think he could have reined him in at all, or do you think it just would have been on? No, Kyle Shannon. That's two bad personalities mixed together. Kyle Shannon is Mister. You're doing it my way, or you're going out of here. Or Doesn't say much to the media. Baker Mayfield's, you know, Mister Progressive. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he grabs his, you know what, on the sideline against Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's him. Yeah. Um. The next game I wanted to talk about. Uh, this will probably be our last one before we take a quick break. Uh, the New York Jets against the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings win this one 27-22, uh, although they lost the total yards battle to the Jets. Um, which of these two teams, even though the Vikings won and seemed like the better team, would you take in the playoffs? Jets. Better defense. I mean, they should have won that game. They went one for six in the red zone. Braxton Berrios dropped the game-winning touchdown. Mike White overthrew Garrett Wilson on what could have been the game-winning touchdown. I think they have a better defense. But this new Zonovan Knight fella, they have a maybe even better run game. Just comes down to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Coles Cash Kirk still hasn't done it. And He said it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd go with the Jets. And I like their head coach better. Mm-hmm. Nice Middle Eastern man. I mean, I, I think I'm taking the Vikings. You know, this was not a good offensive game for them. This is one of their worst offensive games in the year, and they still won the game against yeah. a very good defense. I mean, I think that 
yes, Kirk Cousins isn't always the best quarterback, and yes, he doesn't play well in prime times. But if he can get three games in the playoffs in those prime times, you know, who says who says he can't do it? If they play a playoff game at noon, then yeah, they'll win. Oh, <laughs> you're going to see prime time all right. <laughs> Kirk Cousins will just absolutely destroy the Vikings or the whoever they play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I feel like Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and this defense is good enough to compete, and especially in the NFC. I don't think there's a lot of other teams in the NFC that are that much better than the Vikings. Well, you got the Eagles. I mean, I don't think the Eagles are that much better than the Vikings. I think they are. I saw them beat the you-know-what out of the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, the Vikings. I think the 49ers would do what they did to them in the playoffs three years ago, where it was 28-7 to and they had, like, 30 yards total offense. I think maybe – I think the Lions could beat the Vikings. I, I think the Lions are going to beat the Vikings this week. I was going to say, might put we're, it on we're a gonna, parlay, we're, baby. We're, we're going to see that this weekend. We're going to see that this weekend. And, I mean, I might take the Lions just because I have Amon Ron fantasy, right? That's bias opinion. But, He's the number one receiver. But um, I probably would most likely take the Vikings because they would um, – I feel like they'll correct what they need to correct. Like you said, this was probably, like, the worst offensive showing that they've had. Um, but I'd probably take the, the Vikings on this because, you know, they know how to run the ball between Cook and Madison – and, I mean, Justin Jefferson is just an unstoppable force when he gets open. Um, and, I mean, Kirk can still sling the ball at however old he is. And, I mean, we've seen from the plane video, he's not, you know, he's not no slouch. He's in great shape. So, I mean, yeah, I'd probably still take the Vikings. I think the other thing is that Kirk Cousins has to play well in the playoffs this year. I think a lot of people are starting to call him out a little bit more than he has been, especially because he there's been points this season where he's been really good. And I think people hate to see that because, you know, they like saying Kirk Cousins is the most mid-quarterback in the league. Everybody always says he's number 16 out of all the quarterbacks. That's where he would be <laughs> all the time. And I think he's better than that. And I've always thought he's better yeah, than that. Yeah, he's better than that. I think, I think he gets a bad rap. And I think for him to play well in the playoffs this year, even if, even if they don't go to the Super Bowl, if they win one or two games in the playoffs, you know, I think – he he gets that respect from a lot of fans that he doesn't have. And I think he's a guy that wants to go out there and get respect from people, even if he doesn't want to say it outright. Vikings are just very fraudulent. I just feel that. Mm-hmm. I, just, I see one, maybe one playoff win, and then they're out. See, and I, I, I can see that happening, but I just don't want to base everything off the past. And I think a lot of people are doing that. And I think that's the reason a lot of people feel like they're fraudulent too is because they were that in the past. But so were the Bengals. The Bengals made the playoffs last year, and everybody was like, oh, they're just they're just there. You know, they always lose in the first round. They always lose in the AFC Championship, and they made they made a run. I think the Vikings have a shot to do that. I think it'd be fun to see the Vikings. Also, a Vikings-Bills Super Bowl would be hilarious because they both lost four Super Bowls in a row, and we'd get to see who's yeah. who's really the best of the Someone's worst. Someone's got to win. <laughs> exactly. Um, Talking about the Lions a little bit, uh, I know I said that was going to be the last one, but I wanted to touch on them a little bit. They've been red hot. We talked about it a little bit earlier. They torched. They torched last yeah. Sunday. Mm-hmm. It was scary. They just sometimes they just choose to just line up <laughs> and just absolutely hornswoggle their opponent. Sometimes um, they just look try to look like the dumbest team that's ever lived. <laughs> Whatever the Lions want to do, they just do. <laughs> um, and we talked about Dan Campbell a little bit last week. 
Um, and you were talking about the time management and stuff like that. I just wanted to ask you, do you do you feel Dan Campbell is a minus to this team right now and that a better coach could really push them over the edge? Like Sometimes, yeah, with the clock management. Look how hard this team plays. When was the last time you've seen the Detroit Lions just go out and just even when they were good, Smack they opponent. That. No, they wouldn't do that. They'd win 27-24, Kelvin Johnson. 8 billion know, yards receiving. 31-28, close comeback victory. Now they just go, we are the Terminator or something. <laughs> just destroy. Yeah. Look at the, their past games. They did this to the Giants, too, in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's a hard place to play football, especially with the way the Giants have been playing this year. They're doing that with the third overall pick, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this team is a couple defensive players away, and may- maybe a quarterback. I mean, golf's Gar- playing well. I mean, that's what I'm. I, he's a keeps, former number one overall pick. He's led a team to the Super Bowl. I think he's, he's one of the more overhated quarterbacks in the league. Uh huh. And I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, they've just been saying, "Get rid of him, get rid of him." All oh, the Lions. That's all they need. I I don't think so. I think a couple defensive players is what they need more than getting rid of Jared Goff and. Like I said, Jared Goff was almost an MVP. Like you said, that he led him to a Super Bowl. I think if they keep him around, he might be able to surprise a lot of people. And I think he has this season, just nobody cares because it's Jared Goff. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the MLB and free agency. See you in a bit. How's it going, folks? This is Big Chuck coming at you live with WRC 88.7 FM Blue Jay Radio, and you're listening to the Blue Jay Boys Show. We're on our last half hour of the show where we're going to be talking about the MLB free agency that's been happening. A lot of huge signings, a lot of big guys uh, moving teams. Josh, what was the biggest signing so far? Biggest one so far was Trey Turner to the Phillies. Uh, he left L.A. He's going to the Phillies to join Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins, uh, and many more. Um and uh, they gave him 11 years for $300 million, $27.3 million a year. Mm-hmm. And they Phillies just added another uh, unit to their pitching, uh, to Juana Walker. Um, they gave him four years, $72 million. And like you said, they're building a powerhouse right now. Because they, they, want, they, they, they want that World Series bad. And they know they could do it. And I... Th- feel like adding Trey Turner and um, Walker was a really huge plus. And I think, honestly, if I'm the Phillies, I maybe look at maybe adding one more star, but um, uh, maybe not, probably just calling it quits and then just, like, getting the chemistry and start rolling through spring season. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I heard about the Trey Turner deal uh, was that the San Diego Padres actually offered him more money, a lot more money, making him the highest-paid uh, shortstop in the league, but he turned it down for the Phillies contract. California income tax, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple things that people have been saying on why he would have done it, and the first one was that the Padres had him at one point, uh, decided to trade him as a player to be named later and to Washington when he started his career there, and people are saying he may have a grudge against the Padres because of that. But the more realistic thing I was uh, questioning was, you know, he didn't go there because Fernando Tatis is still there. And although he's going to be suspended still for a little bit longer, he's still there. Um, I wanted to talk about it more from the Padres' perspective. What what does this show for them as for Tatis in in, in Tatis' world? What what, did it, what is he to that team now if they were going to give him that contract? He's he's a liability. It's as simple as that. Like I, like I said before when we were talking, it's a business. 
You can't mess up business. You cannot, especially with these owners who are putting as much money as they are into these teams to give them whatever they want and give them the contracts they want. Um, it, he's a liability. I mean, that was a huge loss for the Padres to take. And what, midway through the season? Mm-hmm. Like, that's ridiculous. And, I mean, he's still on, like you said, he's still on his suspension. I believe it was 80 games they suspended him for. Um, But, I mean, it shows that, uh, you know, Tatis, it gives them, you know, it opens it up. It opens reality to Tatis, you know. Like, they were ready to replace him because what are they going to do paying a guy who's taking peds and, like, ruining their chance to get that World Series? I... If I was the owner, I would have done it. And I'm glad the Padres did because it just shows that you want to mess up, we'll kick you to the curb. And that that goes for any team. Any team should do that, right? But, I mean, like you said, he turned it down and it could have been a grudge or this or that. But Tatis needs to wake up. He does. He needs to... Heal his body in the correct way, not just no more taking trend bologna sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> not just not just taking steroids or whatever it was that he took. I mean, it's as simple as that. You're an you're a professional athlete at the highest level of the sport, and you you shouldn't be doing stuff like that to jeopardize it. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff under the table, what yada yada yada. But you should know better, and it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sticking with the Padres, they also lost Josh Bell today to free agency. Signed with the Cleveland Guardians, he's a one of the best switch hitters in baseball. Um, this Padres team was over successful this season. I would say uh, they made a run in the playoffs. There, do you think that Tatis, first of all, not coming back, and then second of all, may not be the star that they think he is or want him to be uh, anymore? And then losing Josh Bell, losing Trey Turner in a contract battle. What what is what do you expect from this Padres team moving forward now? I expect them to still have a decent season. Um I still see them making the playoffs no matter what, because I mean you still have Manny Machado who, you know, helped that team get to where they were last year, like you we had talked about. And I mean, they they got the pitching, but I mean the pitching one pitcher did leave uh to Chicago White Sox. Mike Clevenger left. Um he's going to the White Sox now. He's on the south side. Um, but I mean, they'll still the Padres will still make it far. I I believe that, and because I mean, they still have Juan Soto. They'll have Tatis back later in the year. Um, Manny Machado. They still have Blake Snell. I mean, they still got weapons to get them to where they want to be. But I mean, if they get nipped out of even wild card, they they know who they're gonna point their finger to, and it's gonna be Tatis. It, and I mean, losing Josh Bell isn't. He's like you said. He's a good switch hitter. He's a good first baseman. He really is. And but I feel like that's not their worries right now. You know, their worries was to get Trey Turner, but lost the battle. But now they got to worry about having a rough start of the season and then trying to ramp it back up and get to where they were uh, last year. But I mean, this was in all in all the Guardians won this. Josh Bell is an amazing player, and I mean, we talked about how the Guardians were a young team. And, you know, they're really molding into that. And But throwing in Josh Bell, who, you know, played for the Pirates for the longest time and then went to a team like the Padres, to have that type of experience and be a really good switch hitter and a really good first baseman is perfect for the Guardians because mm-hmm. it's going to give them insight into what it's really like, you know. And they're going to see the amazing things that jo- Josh can bring to the table. Mm-hmm. 
and and the Guardians, it gives Josh Naylor a little more time to learn because he was kind of thrown into the fire in that first base this year. And he that. And Wilson Contreras, mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for tonight. We'll have another show next week, next Tuesday, same time, 8.15 to about 10 p.m., so stay tuned for that. Um, if you guys want us to talk about anything, feel free to leave it on our Instagram at the Blue Jay Boys, W-R-S-E. Uh, see you soon.